Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are Notre Dame. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. I'm your host, Jake McGraw, joined as ever by Len Clark. And Len, first game of the season in the books. 41-38 overtime win for the Irish against Florida State. College football is well and truly back. An instant classic last night, although I'm not sure we'd be saying that if Notre Dame didn't come away with the win, uh, which seemed an impossibility at the start of that fourth quarter. But a lot to unpack from this game. We'll start with Jack Cohn, the, dra- the grad transfer from Wisconsin. Had a dream start. Breaking the debut game, passing yard record for a Notre Dame QB, previously set by offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, uh, coming through for 366 yards and four touchdowns, highlighted by that, that beautiful over-the-shoulder throw to Kevin Austin for a 37-yard touchdown. Len, we both agreed in the week that Cohn's performance would decide the game today. What were your thoughts on his performance? Well, you couldn't ask for a much better performance. As you said, the most passing yards by a first-year quarterback eclipsing the record of Tom Reese, and then four touchdown passes ties a record. Uh, The last time that was done was back in, I think, uh, the early 90s. And so uh, just an all-around great performance by Jack Cohn. You can see what the offense is capable of doing. Now, offensively, there's been some, uh, some questions about the offensive line. Blake Fisher went out with an injury last night. He had an MRI this afternoon. Haven't seen the results of that, but, uh, Michael Carmody came in to replace him. And so a little suspect on the offensive line. And then JP, one thing that really kind of staggered my mind is that Notre Dame ran the ball so effectively against Florida state last year, they couldn't find hardly any yardage all night. And that includes Kyron Williams an all American coming into this season. Yeah. Well, 65 yards of 35 rushing attempts to Florida state's 264 yards of 38, 48 attempts, sorry. Averaging 1.9 yards a carry last year when the Irish played Florida State, the two running backs, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, both averaged 9.7 and 9.1 yards 
a carry respectively. Now we kind of knew the run game wasn't going to be as effective with those four new starters. It was such a strength, especially on those third down plays last year. It's going to take some time for the offensive line to get that cohesiveness uh, that uh, that will make the running game a strength. But I think we should look at the positives that this team has, the, the strength that this team has that, that last year didn't. As a quarterback who was who was he was open to pushing the ball down the field, did it very well. Those two touchdowns really like really like the passes to to Wilkins and to um, and to Kevin Austin. They've got dynamic receivers, physical boundary receivers. They've got the best tight end in the country, and we'll definitely be talking about him. And two running backs who who are excellent in space, Kyron Williams. I don't think I've seen a, a running back who, who runs as hard as him for that size. It feels like he just can, can avoid that first tackle every time. So it's, it's a different offense. Hopefully the offensive line will come together, but is the ceiling for this line, even on the level of an average performance of the line last year? Probably not, but there's scope for this offense to evolve. Yeah, and it was, um, it was a good game to get that underneath your belt. Now you can really expand on that and, they're going to face a very good Toledo program. The big question right now, it was a very physical game at Florida State. So they're beat up. And Brian Kelly in the press conference today said, hey, we can't go out there and practice them in 24 periods like we usually do. And so we need the bodies to mend. But uh, it's going to be more of a mental thing. We know that this is an offense that can score touchdowns. Uh, we know that Michael Mayer is human. He had, that, <laughs> he had that touchdown on that first catch, and you thought that you know this is going to be his year. But then you saw him drop a couple of passes and it shows that he has some work to do as well. And so that's really a reality check for him. I think he's going to say, Hey, you know, maybe I read too many of my clippings coming in. It's time to really go back, put on that chin strap and go out there and prove my worth once again. But I tell you another thing I was really impressed upon, even though Notre Dame did not run the ball very effectively last night, it was good to see Kyron Williams catching the ball on the backfield. And that is just another threat for the Irish in terms of the passing game. Yeah, definitely. We saw it out of the backfield, even lining up in the slot. We spoke about it. We 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 wanted to see Kyron in the slot, get Chris Tyree in the backfield. They're so dynamic. They're they're so fast. They're so good in space. We saw on that big screenplay, which really which really set up that um, that fourth third touchdown, I believe, for, for the Irish. That seventeen yard run on third down. That was that's where you want him. You want him in space. He's so quick. He's so tricky to get down. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, we were really excited about uh, the uh, the Notre Dame defense coming in. Marcus Freeman, this, this these multiple fronts, this aggressive, uh, this, this this aggressive way to play defense. In the first quarter, it looked great, holding the Florida State Seminoles to four passing yards, but eighty-two rushing yards in that first quarter, two hundred and sixty-four rushing yards in total. It felt for those for those long runs that as soon as Florida State got guys to that second level. They were breaking tackles. Sometimes there were no tackles even there and getting and getting huge plays. Yeah, it was the corner play that was really exploited last night. Uh, the linebackers, for the most part, I thought did a very good job. J.D. Bertrand, you know, somebody that we've talked about who is really taking advantage of an opportunity, led the teams in, in tackle last night with 11. I think the defensive line did their job. You didn't hear their name called a lot on television last night, but they did apply pressure all night. But Isaiah Foskey really asserted himself on the defensive end. Notre Dame with a lot of sacks. And you go back a couple of years, Notre Dame didn't have that many sacks going into like the fifth game. Mm -hmm. So defensively, we know that Kyle Hamilton is a stud. That uh, second interception where he covered most of the field, they say that uh, water covers three quarters of the earth. The other quarter is covered by Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And so you could see what he has done. But, you know, J JP, one thing that, that I kind of observed is it was very humid down in Tallahassee. Now, 
when they brought Matt Ballas in a couple of seasons ago, you saw the transition from Notre Dame. They were able to compete until the month of November. Maybe it was because of the activity and the constant movement, but I tell you, toward the end of the game, the defense really looked like they were running out of gas. And yeah. it was great that uh, they were able to hang on for that win. But defensively, Brian Kelly said, hey, listen, we've got some holes. Marcus Freeman will get that done. But I really like the aggressive look. I like the, the constant stunning, the blitzing. You know, that's a package that is going to, you know, really cause some damage on some opposition this year. Yeah, well, the, it was it only only five sacks were recorded, but it felt like it didn't. That doesn't tell this whole story. You know, Jordan Travis did really well to get out of some of them, but it was just swarming. There was always three guys around there. You spoke about Isaiah Foskey. I was really impressed with that. We've been looking for that uptake in his production to match that athletic skill he has. I thought Heinish and Mills on the inside had a sack piece, constantly pushing the interior. The Adam Yola brothers has always seemed to be around uh, the quarterback, and and yeah, we talked about the coverage. Uh, that's going to happen. You know, Freeman's going to be aggressive playing that cover one man system. And and when Carl Hamilton can't cover half the field, like we spoke about, there's going to be some times where those corners get burnt. I think the defensive collapse in the fourth quarter, of course, you can you can speak the humility that was the, the, the stadium was rocking. There was a fantastic story from Mackenzie Milton. And uh, of course, the, the, the emotion of that first game since Bobby Bowden's passing had everyone everyone excited in that stadium. So you can actually say coming out of the, coming out of that win was actually impressive, but we don't want to see that sort of collapse. Um, you know, uh, I think a better team will be, will be punishing the Irish this year. Well, the one thing that you saw is that one of the keys that we had is to get Notre Dame out to an early score. They did. I think that really set the tone for the game. Had Florida state scored first, then this is a completely different conversation that we're having today. Uh, injuries, Notre Dame, doesn't need to beat themselves, you know, stay healthy. That is the second key. But third is just to learn every game. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the players have adapted to the coaches and, and, and learning from that first game. And so, you know, let's have a big sigh of relief. It, it's a win. It's a win. That's what counts in the W. It doesn't mean how ugly it was, but it just goes to show how special teams is such an important part of football. Kyron Williams now with the kickoff and punt return. Uh, one concern, Jay Bramlett got hit, roughing the punter call. Controversial. Should have been the 15-yarder or the five. It was the five. Notre Dame didn't get that first down to it, keep that drive going. But when you saw him go down, it was like, oh boy, that's really going to have an effect on this team this year. But then Jonathan Dorr, you know, last year toward the end of the season, a little shaky, but you know, he's got his game back and a lot of confidence and he got the game ball last night for kicking that game winner, 41-38, Notre Dame in overtime. Yeah, deserved. I mean, you said it right there. It's week one. It's all about getting that win, um, especially with the, the upsets or, or near the upsets this weekend. We saw what happened uh, in Norman with Oklahoma and nearly nearly uh, losing that opener. To great team. Spain. And then Montana uh, knocking off Washington. You know, it's Exactly. And Iowa State, who, uh, who were ranked above Notre Dame, they <laughs> narrowly just beat uh, Northern Iowa. So, Next week, you can't really call it a get-right game because Notre Dame won the game on Sunday. But it's it's a chance to to fine-tune some of the things that went wrong. It was a it was a tough tough environment yesterday, you know. And, and that's and that's why this week, you know, it's a short week. You yeah. know, the game is on Saturday. It's already Monday. You know, so they've got like four, maybe three game, three days really to you know rest, uh, heal from the injuries, get a game plan, and then try to execute. Uh, it's a good day, game that it's at home. Uh, but Toledo out of the Mid-American Conference is a team that in the past has upset some big teams. I remember years ago 
when Toledo defeated Purdue to open up the season. And this was when Joe Tiller was the quarter or the head coach at, at uh, Purdue and had that prolific passing attack. And so a lot of pundits have circled this game saying this could be a trap game for Notre Dame. They get a lot of kids out of Ohio. Ohio is a hotbed for talent. And these are kids that have nothing to lose. They're coming into Notre Dame stadium saying, Hey, we can make our entire career right here. And it's only 60 minutes. If we can win that 60 minutes, we can have that to talk about for the rest of our lives. So Brian Kelly, after coaching in the Mid-American Conference, is not taking this game lightly, but it is a chance really to execute and kind of fine-tune some of the things that they did not do at Florida State. And I think this would be a game, if Notre Dame can't put a whomping on and kind of run up that score, I think they need to do that. Agreed. Agreed. I thought the uh, maybe we were a little bit – well, maybe I was a little bit too um, – uh, uh, underselling uh, Florida State on, on Sunday, but I think they're a much improved team. You know, they they brought in those transfers. Jermaine Johnson, the uh, the transfer from Georgia was was a menace all game. They've improved. You know, it's not just Notre Dame who who have improved with the with their with the with the full uh, off season uh, this year due to COVID. It's other teams as well. That's that's Mike Lavelle's second year. So I, th- I think in the grand scheme of things, with that. ACC conference not doing too well this weekend. Florida State are going to upset a lot of teams. They're going to be a lot better than their preseason ranking. As you say, get right for the Toledo game, put some points up, fine-tune some of those defensive errors, and I think the Irish will come away with a big victory. Well, as I said, take a big sigh of relief, but Mike Norvell is a gunslinger, and he went for it last night, fourth deep in their own territory. Fortunately, Notre Dame stopped it. If they would have converted that, you know, we're looking at a different type of a ball game. But the big concern, giving up points, 18 late in the game, and that's something you can't do. So I know that's on the minds of the quarterbacks, or I should say on the coaching staff. And so, as I said, put this one in the W column and just start from scratch again. Take it game by game. Actually, take it play by play, quarter by quarter, half by half. Don't look ahead and just try to improve yourself. If you do that, I think Notre Dame is going to be a very good team this year. We saw a lot that they could work with. Brian Kelly said he really likes this team. This is a team, I think, the only way they're going to defeat themselves is if they hurt themselves. Yeah, and we saw that yesterday. Um, you know, with those, with that, with that, with that running defense, it, it, it felt like the only reason Florida State got back into the game is because is because Notre Dame let them in that fourth quarter. It happens, but they were very dominant in periods of, of the last game. It's the first game back. It's a hostile crowd. That stuff's going to happen. But very confident. Well, JP, in that next game, Notre Dame really needs to get that running game going. I thought a big statistic last night is Notre Dame really needed to control the time of possession. It was almost very even toward the end. Notre Dame, I think, had two minutes longer. But you need to sustain some drives. Get more people in action. Where was Avery Davis last night? That was one thing that I was wondering about. But we need to get more people involved. Otherwise, people are going to start focusing in and isolating in on Michael Mayer. If you take him out of the game, you don't have that many options. So try to get as many people involved. Have your big play guys like a Kevin Austin, Joe Wilkins, who had a great catch last night, just to have that in your back pocket. But the more people involved, it's just going to elevate their game and it will wear down that opposition. And I think that's the key is Notre Dame needs to dominate. The way you do that, overpower your, uh, overpower your, your, your opponent, but also control time. Yeah, definitely. It felt like um, last year there was just those towards the end of the games where we would just be running the teams down throughout the, the, the plays. You'd have a seven-minute time possession at the end at the end of the game, just, just chew out that clock. It's going to take time. I think that offensive line will, that will be the decider when it has more games together. But it isn't, I think fans need to understand that the running, the running game isn't going to be on the level of last year, just because 
losing four new starters. They're, they're massive players. They're, they're NFL players now. I thought the play calling was very interesting. I liked uh, in parts on Tommy Reese that flea flicker in the first quarter. I thought it showed a lot of a uh, lot of arrogance, which I liked. Uh, some of the the timing on those on those sort of fade boundary shots of Tacone to, to Wilkins and um, and Austin were great. Of course, we. That over reliance on in Michael Mayer. Listen, he's, he's he's a dude, but he had three drops as well. They were manning him up, which I seem ridiculous to me. And other teams, I don't think will be uh, silly to do that because your linebackers simply aren't gonna aren't gonna catch him. Some nice screen plays, maybe not run that third and five QB run from Cone. Let's just let's just burn that play. Well, that's one thing <laughs> we saw is that he does not have the mobility as an Ian Book. He's got a great field presence. Take advantage of him. Uh, the one thing is in, in watching him in live practice you know he's a tall quarterback but when I watched him on television last night he's not that tall when you're out there with those other trees so you know really you know focus on his strength we know he's just in the pocket we know he's not going to have the legs that takes that option in the red zone away uh so Notre Dame is you know you have to come up with something to kind of uh, bring in a, another option that they had with Ian Book last year but another concern is Michael Mayer continually tried to hurdle players and that's the one thing I think if he does that you know, here's a chance he's going to expose himself and get hurt. You know, just grab the football, lower the head, try to get some yards. Don't try to get, you know, get fancy. Notre Dame has the ability to score. He doesn't need to do it all on his own shoulders. Well, we've got Toledo on Saturday. Let's hope we'll get a good injury update on all the players, especially with Blake Fisher. would really hate to, to lose him. First freshman to ever start at Notre Dame as a left tackle. Uh, so we'll try to get an update on that. And JP will be... Great to talk to you next week if the Irish are 2-0. and <laughs> Exactly. Great to see you then. Well, thanks for joining us, Len. We'll be back again on Thursday to look ahead for that Toledo clash. Uh, looking forward to that one. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.